1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, there's a there was almost a- naked winner.
0: Yeah. I just so had something
2: brand new from Hoda. Copy. Go, back. Wait,
0: there he goes. A new podcast. Where are your you you clothes? Get What are you oh doing? Oh, it's happening. Oh my
1: gosh, Hoda. Hoda.
2: Is that Al Roker? Hoda Kotb and Jenna Bush Hager mm-hmm. uh, during the Today Show yesterday, as a streaker runs live behind them oh, on camera.
1: That's so iconic.
2: At Thirty Rock, this is hilarious. Because <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, so I'm going to share a little tea. Good morning, welcome to the morning beat. Good by the morning,
1: way, good morning, honey. Uh,
2: AJ and your girl Michaela here. We have a great show planned for you, but I got, I we got to, we got to cover this because yeah, it's let's hilarious. Do it. So years ago, I hosted a national talk show called Hollywood Today Live. Yeah and we did it from the corner of they say hollywood and vine it was technically hollywood and argyle but in the in the first floor of the w hotel in hollywood uh, they built a big uh glass front studio all the walls are glass very modern right and the thought process was we would host our show live there five days a week and it would be like the today show well cool except for there was no budget so we didn't have security. And I can't even tell you, one time we were live on the air and somebody took a dump outside <gasps> oh while we were God. live on the air. And I remember I remember them talking in our ears and we can't just go to commercial and we are like <laughs> leaning to our left to try to like hide the person in the background. Like, don't react to it. Don't react. Just lean to your left.
1: Lean and into it. I can't it. tell you
2: how many days we would walk into that studio. And unfortunately, homelessness is a major issue here in Southern California and Cal- in Los Angeles in particular. How many times we'd walk into the studio and they'd have to like either clear a homeless person from our stoop or um, how many piles of human feces were outside of our studio people would pee on the glass walls. honey, that's disgusting. This is not the way to open a show. I understand, but I'm saying the Today Show just went through it yesterday, and I can relate. Well, honey, it
1: was a streaker. He wasn't out there taking a number, But I'm telling you,
2: live TV with glass walls, anything can happen. And our producer says, there's a studio here that we're going to get to use from time to time that just, uh, they just finished the renovation. It's gorgeous. Oh, you guys,
1: we're rich.
2: It's downstairs. It's very fancy, right? And we want to go down there from time to time and record our show just for a different energy, because when you're stuck in a studio with no. Windows, it can be a little bit unnerving, and that's where we are now, right? We're losing our minds. Justin goes, "Well, to, too bad because we got there's a problem downstairs because there's glass, there's glass everywhere." And I said, "Justin, also he was concerned
1: about the streakers. Yes. That's what he was nervous also about." Also,
0: we're a radio show. Yeah, nobody so can see that. Also, nobody can see it. So also, known as we would be the only one seeing that.
2: Uh, I'd put it on Instagram Live
1: though. Uh, for sure. yeah. also, we percent You should do
0: some, like, play-by-play about it.
2: Remember the time that I man showed strangers. me his genitalia at Starbucks? All right, so that listen was to me.
1: I was in New York, and uh, listen, it's to be fair, there's not, like, a lot of places to go pee if you're walking around Times Square. I was... My, my eyeballs were assaulted. I was walking down the street. This man just decided to pull over, whip it out, and start going to the bathroom, which, like, is fine, because I guess you guys, like, do that when you pee, like, you stand up, whatever. But I was like, bro, and, like... I didn't need that. I like Mm. saw all of it and I was like, Lisa and Lisa was like, What? And I was like, I literally just saw
2: listen okay i will say this i would never monster. never ever ever do that unless it was really late and i was really really drunk don't share that story right now that is for us in this room and nobody else amen coming up here on the show in about 15 minutes we're talking about shepherd smith he had some notes for the lgbtq uh, journalists covering the news currently he spoke at a conference recently uh and some of his notes uh, uh Did he have any tips about streakers and glass windows? He did not have tips about that.
1: Unfortunately.
2: However, he has some pretty uh, interesting thoughts that feel like they might still be indicative of his time at Fox News when it comes to queer people covering the news. Okay. I don't really agree, and I'm going to tell you why as we break down his audio uh, here in a little bit. Also, uh, Elvira, Lady of the Night. She uh, revealed that she's been in a relationship with a woman for almost 20 years. Uh, So we're going to speak to our marriage and family therapist, James Gay, for Therapy Thursday on the relief of finally coming out later in life, what that must be like. Uh, And I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that. Um, Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us?
1: All right, there's a lot going on. Uh, Brian Brown, one of the most vicious anti-LGBTQ activists around and head of both the National Organization for Marriage and the International Organization for the Family is praising Senator Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. Both groups have been designated as anti LGBTQ hate groups by domestic extremist monitors. Brown praises the two Democrats for their help killing LGBTQ rights legislation pending before the Senate and uses Cinema to fundraise for their hateful initiatives. Cinema, a white out-bisexual woman, and Mansion, a white and straight and notoriously vain conservative, have held up President Joe Biden's domestic agenda for months by refusing to kill the filibuster, a procedural maneuver historically used to prevent the passage of civil rights legislation. It is a relic of Jim Crow and is currently being used to stop voting reform, raising the minimum wage, and landmark LGBTQ. Civil rights legislation, legislation like the Equality Act, which protect LGBTQ people from discrimination in federal law. Uh, when LGBTQ activists and donors pointedly issued an ultimatum demanding Cinema get on board or lose support from the community, the senator published an op-ed in the Washington Post defending her decision to scuttle bills that tackled issues she campaigned on by refusing to remove the filibuster. Cinema has essentially doomed what she claims are her own priorities.
2: Listen. She's not made our community a priority for her. And there's still a lot of white femaleness involved in the way that she votes and yeah, how babe. she's trying to get reelected.
1: The privilege is so real. And also, I feel like this is the problem that we have with, with bisexual women. I feel like she's like, um, how do I say like sexualizing it? Like she's a she's a privileged white woman. Yeah. And she's probably like i bisexual and being like trying to be a sexual icon as opposed to like understanding bisexuality and yeah. really taking care of our community.
2: To me she sort of does for the bisexual community, what Caitlyn Jen- Jenner does for the trans yes, community. Like a she's not the percent. best representation, she's a democrat and that's cool whatever, but it means nothing. And I don't need every democrat to agree with every single thing. However, no, but do not get such a bit Her own community is insane to me.
1: All right, let's do some weather. It's a high of 81 in New York, 84 in L.A., 97 in Vegas, 102 in Palm Springs, a high of 64 in Chicago, 73 in St. Louis, 104 in La Quinta, and 102 in Cathedral City. Hit us with the vibe of the day.
2: Learn to trust what you do and then do it.
1: Amen.
2: That's easier said than done, but work on it today.
1: Yeah, I love that. All right, coming up, we're getting some advice. Shepard Smith has notes for LGBTQ journalists, but is he undercut by his past? We'll discuss coming up next.
2: Listen, yesterday, Michaela and I were talking about our grandmothers. They're friends in heaven, right? Corky.
1: Cork and Viv.
2: Yeah, what's your grandma's name again? I forgot.
1: Vivian. (laughs) I'm totally No, he didn't. Vivian.
2: So... They're friends in heaven. They never met in real life. And, and Michaela was telling me that her grandmother passed away like in her early to mid-90s, right? And mine passed away, I believe, in her early to mid-80s. Or actually right before her 80th birthday, maybe? I can't remember. Mom, was she only 79? My mom's probably listening right now. And I think my grandma was, was younger than your grandmother. But if they but, 79's pretty young now. They would have been about the same age, yeah. roughly. Yeah. And uh, could have lived into their hundreds, apparently, if they just done a couple things differently. So shame on them for not being here yeah, for us right now.
1: shame on you.
2: Because Edith Merway uh now holds the title of the oldest competitive female power lifter. And she is also 100 years old. She lives in Tampa, Florida. She's a great, great grandmother. And she's in the 2022 edition of the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, she's got some tips, though, for staying young. Let's, let's listen to her for a moment and just gain some wisdom. Go my off. legal name is Edith L. Murray and uh, I'm about to turn 100. I'm looking
1: forward to that. I <laughs> did grow up wishing I were Ginger Rogers
2: so I could dance with Fred Astaire. He was my favorite dancer. Always loved to dance. Okay, so anybody who remembers Uh, looking up to Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire... That's what I'm saying! ...is an icon to me. Legit, I don't know if I thought people that old still existed. I I don't know when I think this era was, but I didn't know people still... I I know of them because of my grandmother. But dang, a hundred years old?
1: But also, not only a hundred years old, she's a power lifter. Yes! Like... People that are 25 can't power lift.
2: She, she lifts 150 pounds. That's incredible. As a 100 year old.
1: But how are her bones still going? Well, she.
2: <laughs> do we have audio of her telling us why? Her daughter. Her daughter does. Her daughter's going to explain to us how her mom has been able to go this so, hard for this long.
1: Make it make sense. Patient. She's very. She's fun. She likes
0: to do things. She plays mahjong. She loved to line dance. She loves parties.
2: Well, beyond parties, you know what her secret weapon is? What? Martinis.
1: That's the guy. got it. She Say says she, no she has
2: daily vitamins and nightly, nightly martinis. Um wait, what?
1: First of all, I think what I what I'm hearing is this woman is playful. We've been talking about this so much yeah. lately. She plays games, she dances, yep. she enjoys life. I love her. Martinis? Yeah, you bet.
2: Here's the thing. So it is so, 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 so true um, that life is not just better when you're playful and find joy. It's longer, right? She was 91 years old when she decided to pick up weightlifting. When she decided to start-
1: 94
2: 91.
1: 91.
2: She was, well, she's a former dance instructor. Oh my God. Which makes sense. She loved Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, so she became a dance instructor. But how many things have you told yourself at the age of 33 that I'm too old to start this? My time has passed.
1: No, I didn't. Last year, I did for a long time. And then last year, I was like, you know, I want to take dance lessons and I want to take piano lessons. Like, I always wanted to do those things. So I did. So I started taking dance lessons. I started taking piano lessons. I've never been happier. I feel like... It's so important to learn new hobbies I feel like it not only makes your mind have to work differently but also there's such an outlet in doing those yeah. things and I love them I mean it makes sense to me that she's like thriving this is
2: why I love to travel the world like for me work gets so stressful and I'll be honest I've been really struggling with this lately I woke up this morning the sweetest thing ever you know that my partner and I uh, one of our one of our requests uh, of each other, is that before we get married in June, as we plan this wedding, it gets more and more stressful. We spend more and more money, right? And we've budgeted for it, but it's still stressful to drop thousands and thousands of dollars on things that you never have before in your life, right? Floral arrangements cost what? They last for a few hours? That's insane to me, right? When I could be paying down my student debt. But it's important to us that we have that, that, right? And as we get closer and closer to our wedding, we stress a little bit more. And he started therapy uh, the other day and his therapist said, you need to have a gratitude journal, a daily gratitude journal. And this is something I used to do. And I kid you not, when I write things in my gratitude journal, they come true within days. Sometimes the very next day, things will pop up. I literally asked for a gig one time and the next morning I got a call from a person I never met in my entire life to host an award show and got paid a ton of money for it. Yeah. Right. Well, I woke up this morning I get my laptop. It was still sitting out from last night because I had to pick out entrees and hors d'oeuvres for our wedding and send them down to the planner because we're going down there next week to taste everything down to Mexico. And there's a note from him saying, let's have fun today because we're going to Disneyland to so try to did. like reset. And he bought me a gratitude journal. That's so cute. printed out the cutest little note for me and had it sitting out. And So little things like that, little reminders and moments of joy and my computer making a noise while we're live on the air yeah. in a heartfelt moment. Those things- lighten up life a little bit Aww. yeah
1: they really do oh come on no it's so sweet it's very sweet and it's important. real listen it's i necessary. think necessary i will say that i really struggled last year when my grandma passed away and I, you know a lot of things happened and went down but i've never been happier than i've been i went into therapy i started taking and doing things for myself mm-hmm. and there are things that help my self-worth my relationship is better because of it listen so,
2: cheers you... to you edith
1: yeah, cheers to you. We love it. a we good martini. We martinis with you.
2: I do want one.
1: I want a martini right now, actually.
2: It's 6.42 a.m.
1: It's. I think we've done enough working. We could have a martini now. Our
2: producer's upset right now and Casey reuses this this weekend. You're going to have to put it in the first hour, Justin. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Sorry. Thanks, honey.
2: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's almost time for our first round of What's Poppin'? Michaela has that for you in just a moment. First, I do want to remind you our show is also a podcast that is very much poppin'. You can download it by heading over to Excuse me, Odyssey.com. It's Mm A-U-D-A-C-Y. Get the app. Listen to The Morning Beat anywhere you take your mobile device. Michaela Gordon, what's poppin'?
1: Okay, well, this is a lot. Jenna Johnson was injured during her history-making Dancing with the Stars routine with JoJo Siwa. Apparently, while they were dancing... She slipped on JoJo's dress, her feet just sorta came underneath her and she tweaked her knee a little bit, which could be devastating for JoJo Siwa, but the pro dancer says it's all good. She should've known there was gonna be a flaw in the system, but no one has ever had this happen before in regards to slipping on the dress and uh, you know they're two women like they're dancing it's it's a totally different dynamic they definitely
2: slip on dresses before that happens all the time but men do not women on women yes yes so
1: it's a little bit it's a bit more challenging Mm -hmm. but she did say nothing would stop me from week two we killed it I gotta do this for Jojo she iced it she did some rehab and she's back in the game but she goes on to really gush about Jojo and she said you know the thing I love most about her is her energy She's so infectious. She genuinely, like, loves everyone and accepts everyone for who they are and she, Jenna said she wasn't always like that. She was a bit more judgmental and she's just really learning to, like, not only take this moment in history, but really let it change her personality, and she feels very honored to dance with JoJo.
0: Yeah,
2: and I love that. Jenna's won before, and she said that I think this is her fifth or sixth season uh, on the show, and she says I've never been this nervous in my life because she knew how big of a deal this was for just yes. for the entire community, not just JoJo. Yeah. Um. Also, something really interesting is to, to your point though, with two women dancing together. This is something not you know I hadn't really considered. Jenna's like, I only know how to teach somebody to partner me as a male. Right. So JoJo has to take the male role and dance as the man traditionally, the lead. Yeah. And that's tricky. So JoJo's also doing something no woman has ever done on the show, and that's lead.
1: And that's not how she was trained either. As She was trained as a woman. Yes. It's a lot of... Things happening. She does say though that jo- that Jojo's a star student. She goes home, she practices. Well it was a
2: blessing in disguise, the whole slip-up because JoJo saved her. Yes. Live on, on the and show. It was and so JoJo just looked like it, it actually. Like helped a
1: hero. Her. Yes, of course. I know it really did.
0: So Jenna Johnson, she got came in first place season 26. She was with Adam Ripon. Mm-hmm. Uh and her other top four finish was Niamh uh, Shulman last year. Yeah. Oh, like, great. Right. But
2: well, she's been on, I think, six seasons now. Yes. 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 We
1: love that. She's well, fantastic. And also, yeah. also
2: some queer icons. Yes, Adam, Adam Rippon Rippon. Now JoJo Siwa. Well, listen, we okay. had him
1: on the show last year. We love I, him.
2: I, I host the show with you. I remember no,
1: I was telling our listeners. But you are just telling me. What would I tell you? I don't
2: know. I, I, you know, I check out sometimes.
1: I I, I get tired. I have my tired days. (laughs) All right. Well, coming up, it is Thursdays. Thursdays are our tired days. We're so close to Friday. That's why we like to do therapy Thursdays. And James Gay joins us to talk about Elvira disclosing her relationship of almost 20 years with the woman and the relief of coming out next.
2: Welcome back to the Morning Beauty. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you. On the heels of the Lady of the Night, Elvira, coming out of the closet yesterday and revealing a 20-year relationship with another woman, Uh, we thought we'd reach out to our marriage and family therapist, James Gay, uh, so that we can... Listen to my alarm go off on of my phone. Yes, honey. And wake also, up, so we could have a conversation up. about coming out later in life and sort of what what sort of ramifications that could have on your mental health, how it might free you up to live truly and authentically uh, in those later years. So make sure you join us for that conversation in about 13 minutes from right now. Currently, though, it is time for news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us?
1: Well, there's a lot going on in the news, honey. A lot. Uh, and so, if I just pull it up, I bet it'll be really. That'd helpful be really. that
2: It'd be right there then. Yeah. It'd be
0: wonderful.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. All right. And
0: and there we are it is. firing on all cylinders, guys. We really are firing nailiness. on all cylinders.
1: Okay, listen to me. What happened was, sometimes I close out articles and I close out the news. All right, here's what's happening. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration announced it will grant emergency use authorization for a booster dose of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. In people 65 and older, people at high risk of severe disease, and people whose jobs put them at risk of infection. That last category includes healthcare workers and also people who work in places like grocery stores, homeless shelters, and prisons. Today, vaccine advisors to the CDC will meet to act on the FDA's decision. The CDC must give its stamp of approval before any booster doses can be officially given. Third doses are already approved for certain immunocompromised people. A member of the CDC's vaccine team said yesterday that finding findings. From several studies show vaccine protection against COVID-19 does wane over time especially for older people I'll tell you what though I uh, had to have a meeting with my plastic surgeon yesterday and he had both vaccines he got both doses of the vaccine and still got COVID it's a very rare uh, it's not such a rare thing people are really still getting it it does however help uh, he was not as sick as he could have been, but really take care of yourself and look into that
0: booster. Hey, Michaela, how early were you for that meeting?
1: Uh, day. Okay.
0: But uh, I'm, I'm talking about yesterday's meeting.
1: Oh, I was on time.
0: Oh, good job. It was perfect. Good oh, job. so,
2: well, well, did you have a martini again? Yeah, I had two. Nice. And I
1: enjoyed every bit of it. You're going to live, live
2: like, like that old lady.
1: Uh, different parts. Well, we sat at the table. I was didn't sit at the bar this time, okay. where people felt bad for me. And then also people realized he was a flaming homosexual, and so they are like, oh, she did not get stood up. I feel like it was so much happening yesterday for me. Okay, in other news, Brian Brown, one of the most vicious anti-LGBTQ activists around and head of both the National Organization for Marriage and the International Organization for the Family, is praising Senator Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. Both groups have been designated as anti-LGBTQ hate groups. By domestic extremist monitors, Brown praises the two Democrats for their help killing LGBTQ rights legislation pending before the Senate, and uses Cinema to fundraise for their hateful initiatives. Cinema, a white out bisexual woman, and Mansion, a white and straight and notoriously vain conservative, have held up President Joe Biden's domestic agenda for months by refusing to kill the filibuster, a procedural maneuver historically used to prevent the passage of civil rights legislation. Um, and it's just pretty terrible when LGBTQ activists and donors pointedly issued an ultimatum demanding cinema get on board or lose support from the community. The Senator published an op-ed in the Washington Post, defending her decision to scuttle bills that tackled issues she campaigned on by refusing to remove the filibuster cinema has essentially doomed what she claims as are her own priorities. Here's the
2: thing about our democracy. I'm just gonna break this down for you if you haven't been paying attention for the last four hundred years. This is what it is, right? It's racist our entire system was built on protecting cis white straight men from losing power. That's it. It's why two senators from Montana have as much voting power as two senators from California. It's why Hillary Clinton can win by three million votes and still lose. So even white men as terrible as Donald Trump can still have some control. It's why the filibuster exists It's why you can have 59 senators vote for something and 41 vote against and those 41 still win because of the filibuster. It's set up so that not too many minorities gain access to power so that we can maintain the status quo. That's all it is. It's frustrating.
1: Okay, well, let's get into a little bit of weather now. It's going to be 102 in Cathedral City, 102 in La Quinto, 61 in Cleveland, a high of 64 in Chicago, 99 in Phoenix, 88 in Miami, 102 in Palm Springs, 97 in Vegas, and 84 in LA. Now give us a vibe of the day.
2: You have to trust what you do and then do it.
1: Yeah. Trust yourself. All right. Coming up, somebody who trusted herself, Elvira, as she disclosed her relationship of almost 20 years, finally, with a woman. The relief of coming out, we talk with James Gay, coming up next for Therapy Thursdays. Hello, darling. It's me,
0: Elvira, mistress of the dark, the sassy lassie with the classy chassis. Oh, thanks for bringing me into your home. Now, when are you going to clean up this dump? And...
2: Put some clothes on. Jeez. Or don't put some clothes on. Whatever you want to <laughs> do. It's Elvira Cassandra Peter- Peterson, uh, Lady of the Night, uh, who just recently uh, in her memoir came out as being in a relationship with another woman for almost 20 years. Yes. I'm talking this woman, Cassandra Peterson. Is now what, 50 years old or 70 years old? I'm so sorry. Uh, is she 70? Yeah, she's been, she looks fantastic. She looks
1: amazing. She's been
2: doing this for quite a while. She was also in a marriage to a man for 25 years mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. So she's sort of experienced it all when it comes to relationships. And here to help us uh, sort of navigate what it's like and the, the cost benefit analysis of coming out at this age, this stage in your life, is our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. James, thank you so much for joining us. Do we have James?
0: I'm here, Sorry, we lost you for a moment. Thank you for
2: being here. Um, So listen, coming out at any stage of your life is tricky. What's the difference for somebody who's coming out at age 70, having been in the public eye for so many years, married to a man for 25, who's been in a relationship like this woman has been now for almost 20 years? Um, Talk us through what you've experienced or how you've sort of helped maybe clients you've worked with who come out at different stages of their life and how it differs from maybe coming out at 18, 19, 20 years old.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think we need to put this in the context of how things have been in, you know, the recent past, even 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, that society at large were, you know, even more um, egregious towards LGBTQ people than they are now. It's still obviously happening now with legislation and, you know, especially towards our, our trans siblings and, um, you know, certainly a lot of biphobia in our community and stuff, but, you know, it's it's in the context and it really holds society at large responsible for creating an environment that's toxic and what has been, really really difficult for people to come out Mm -hmm. you know it's it's um something that when we do as you know she's expressing in her new book um it's it's freeing it's liberating you know it's showing up more fully and authentically as who she is and embracing it. And that just generally feels better, but it's also got to be safe enough for us to do so.
1: Well, I think what's iconic is she's Elvira, the mistress of the night. She was known for her like large breasts and being uber femme. Um, And I think that there's just not ever been a lot of that representation. For me, I'm like gagging and I love it because (laughs) she was like this, seductress to the male community. And she's like, psych, I'm with women. Um, How does that change society and how does that benefit women uh, like me?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it just demonstrates that we are three-dimensional creatures. We don't fit into any, you know, box. We're not a, a, a homogenous community. There are, you know, very wide differences within every single minority. And so these stereotypes just don't always fit, often don't. And that's the brilliance. That's the rainbow colors of who we are. And when we allow ourselves not to try and fit into anyone's particular box or projection of who we're supposed to be, then we're liberated to be who we are.
2: Are there themes that you found with those, you know, we're talking to marriage and family therapist James Gay right now. Are there common themes That you talking to clients who are in maybe the process of coming out or considering coming out, um, are there themes that are just universal? They're the same whether you're 20 years old or you're 80. It doesn't really change too often in your expert opinion.
0: Well, there's something called circles of disclosure that I think is quite common amongst, you know, various different age groups when they come out. And that's really coming out to other people that are like us, whether that's at, you know, online or on an app or in a bar or wherever we might meet someone that's like us. Um, You know, because we know that they're that way, they're hopefully going to treat us in a similar fashion, you know, and then we start to come out to those that are sort of the most trustworthy worthy people, whether that's a sibling or a friend or someone else, and then it sort of extends from there. Once we get sort of more practice and more experiences that are hopefully positive and encouraging, then it's easier to digest the ones that may not be or that are a little bit risky. Mm. Well,
1: I think it's important to also note that she said she'd never had feelings for women before. She was, Mm -hmm. in fact, married to a man for 25 years. They did not just jump right into dating. They'd actually been friends for years. She's your assistant,
2: I believe, right? They work together as well now.
1: Well, she's like, she was like hiding behind the assistant title. But, I say all of that because, um, it, it wasn't a common thing where like, she's always been a lesbian or whatever. There was no feelings. And so it really is a heart thing. And I think right. that has to open people's minds who tend to be a little bit homophobic as well. Like she, mm-hmm. she never felt these ways. Uh, she was married. And, and what does that sort of well, say? Yeah, as well?
2: I love that you say that because it, it, that happens. I feel like a lot with women, yeah. especially later in life. I want to know from your expert opinion, is that just a female thing or, is, or are the female stories, just the ones we hear.
0: You know, I, I think women in general, this is a sweeping overgeneralization, but are more open to a variety of ways of being and feeling and experiencing. You know, often they're socialized to be a bit more open and vulnerable in those kinds of ways. And, you know, when we evolve as human beings, we get to know ourselves more and we get to open up to falling in love and finding sexual erotic charges in ways that we didn't experience or we might might not have been open enough or safe enough with ourselves to recognize that we had in the first place. So it's, it's, it's one of those things. I I don't think people's sexual orientation changes inherently. I think it just evolves in a way that opens us up to what's there to begin with over
2: time. That's interesting. I like that.
1: James Gay, we want to continue a conversation. My partner, Lisa actually brought this story to me. So I brought it uh, to the show. I don't know how I would deal with this. A man is mourning the death of his mistress as his wife is trying to mourn the fact that he cheated and she just found out, but the story gets even darker. How would you work through something like this we discuss next?
2: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're joined again by our marriage and family therapist uh, because, Michaela, you shared this story last night and there are some twists and turns, so I would like you to sort of set the stage for our therapist, James, and then James... We need you to fix it all. All right. All of it.
1: This, this, Listen, this story is crazy. My girlfriend brought it to me, my sweet Lisa, <laughs> and I genuinely left, jaw dropped. I have no idea what I would do. So apparently there was a husband and wife. They've been together for 20 years. I don't know if they have children or not, but she went to Reddit and she's looking for advice and she said- The wife? the wife yes and she said i don't know how to say this but my husband is in the middle of grieving his mistress who i just found out about who died unexpectedly i thought she was a coworker turns out they were sleeping together it's been so traumatic for him he left his job because he could not continue going to the workplace on top of it the woman that died was also married and on top of that she was pregnant just a few Weeks pregnant, Who? and he doesn't know if he was oh, the father or not. My gosh. So he's also grieving. So
0: complicated. Listen, he's also <laughs>
1: grieving the possible baby. Now, the wife is saying he wakes up at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, trembling, crying. He's devastated that she's gone. I don't know how to react. I just found out my husband's been cheating on me, possibly impregnated this woman, but I also don't want to make him feel bad because he's obviously grieving. However, So he went, knows
2: that she knows. Like he yeah, yeah. It.
1: So she went to him. She said, I'd like to go to, to marriage counseling. And he said, I'd rather go to grief therapy.
2: Wow. So, so when I talk to my therapist weekly, I feel like I have a lot to unpack. I feel pretty all over the place. <laughs> this is a
0: lot.
1: This is so heavy, but this is a real story. What do you do?
0: Yeah, it's, it's really, really, really complicated, right? Because there's all kinds of things going on. You know, it's in, in uh, what I was reading that you sent as well, it says that, you know, there's, he, he told her that there's no reason for her to feel jealous or threatened. Because um, she's you know, dead.
1: That's what he said. Because she's dead. Right? She doesn't need to feel jealous.
0: which I think is completely unfair of an expectation. It's like, don't feel your feelings about something you just found out about that's shaking our worlds, that's causing all this grief and and discord in me. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's completely unrealistic. And, you know, I also understand and appreciate that in the midst of grieving, whether the person, you know, someone's, you know, the extramarital affair or whatever Uh, died or just there's a breakup, there does need to be a grieving process that takes place. And, you know, my recommendation for both of them would be to have them each be in individual therapy to work through the stuff that's obviously going on that they can't necessarily show up and be there for each other in the ways that they'd like. And eventually, sooner than later, do the couples work to focus on you know, what's going on, where they're at, what they want, do they want to continue or not, those kinds of things? Because it's just, there's so much going on that's hard to unpack in this situation. I
2: don't know that how I would be able to handle this because here, here's my issue. This tends to be my problem in life, right? I'm the eternal optimist. I always try to make things better for everybody around me, oftentimes to the detriment of my own happiness. And I would be the type God forbid this ever happened to me. I'd be the type who would try to comfort my mm-hmm. partner and put my needs aside for a while, but I would be just falling apart on the inside. Do you think yeah. for the sake of the woman in this, is is, is is it possible that the best option is to just separate herself from him for a while while they all sort of do their own thing, or are they going to therapy separately and still going to bed together at night?
0: Yeah, that's a... That's, uh... <laughs> a good question and so much of it is context dependent Mm -hmm. and and where their limits are are they able to handle this and still be there and show up for each other in that way or is it just too much for them to 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 go through together at this time and do they need that you know trial separation or a little bit of space in their relationship it is certainly not her responsibility to be his grief counselor for his mistress.
2: But listen, <laughs> I know. Surreal. Listen,
1: I will tell you, I know for a fact I would not be able to do it. I would not stick around yeah. for that. I just know my personality. Lisa, though, who is extremely empathetic. Oh, she'd
2: be there all day long.
1: She said she wouldn't be. Really? I said, we, we talked, I said, if I did this, what would you do? And yeah. she said, I will tell you, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't stick yeah. around. It's just too...
2: quickly before we let you go i'm always fascinated by this because my therapist has such a unique perspective on me when i share some of my stuff with her and she's like aj (laughs) and i'm really hard on myself sometimes she's like where are you getting this narrative where's that coming from because i never said those words to you she told me about the word uh what was the word yesterday where i put something off onto my therapist i forget the word she used it not deference but transfer what is it Projection? No, but I transferred something an emotion onto my therapist that really uh, had nothing to do with her, and she yeah. says it's very, very common. Um, transference. Transference. Trans-transference, yeah. Trans-transference. Transference. Yeah. That was actually okay. the word. Yeah. So So yeah. it's interesting to me. Do you ever, as a therapist, do you ever hear stories and you're like, "Wow, I got to really dig deep to help this person" because that's a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it is, you're hearing things that could potentially be vicariously traumatizing to the Mm -hmm. therapist to begin with. Anyone that's hearing a traumatic experience or something that is emotionally evocative can incite those types of feelings and responses in us. And so we need to be really mindful and careful and doing our own work and you know, like breathing through it and grounding ourselves in the midst of being there for someone else that's going through a hard time like this. Mm.
1: Well, James Gay, we appreciate you so much, our marriage and family therapist, for joining us for Therapy Thursdays. Now coming up, this is so exciting, you'll never guess which rising gay icon will be playing Joan Rivers in her biopic, It's Me. So thank you.
2: It's almost time for another round of What's Poppin', and I love this news so much. Mm -hmm. It involves one of my icons, Joan Rivers. You know, I got to meet her a few months before she passed. I actually spent a day with her daughter, Melissa, and Joan on the set of Fashion Police at E!, and I was doing a story for Hollywood Stay Live. It's a show I used to host over at Fox. And I got to shadow them for an entire day. And the stories I heard about Joan from her team, who'd been with her for decades, and the, the kindness and the professionalism with which Joan carried herself was such an inspiration to me. We lost her too soon. But we're getting a little piece of her back, Michaela Gordon. What's popping?
1: Well, this is incredible. I love Joan Rivers. uh, And you'll never guess which rising icon will play her in her biopic. But it makes so much sense. Star of Mrs. Fletcher, Catherine Hahn, has announced her next project. And it is playing the iconic role of comedian Joan Rivers. Perfect casting. Fabulous casting in a new Showtime limited series titled The Comeback Girl. Listen, I would say that I... I worked with Joan Rivers' main writer when I was in the Trump family special and I played Melania and he was so brilliant and he said that she was so brilliant and I felt this time to Joan Rivers and I was like I just feel like I love her so much so I feel like protected of of her Mm -hmm. comedy yeah. and I feel like this is amazing. I'm so happy they went with such a seasoned actress such a funny actress and they didn't give it to somebody kind of like newbie. Like Catherine Han's been in the game it's you know what it sort of feels like and I don't want to be rude because it's not a big deal at all but the way that they gave the role of of funny girl to oh um, Beanie
2: Feldstein Beanie
1: Feldstein yeah I, I didn't. I didn't see Book Smart, so I don't want to speak on it. But I will say that Catherine has been in the game hustling for over like twenty years.
2: She's so funny. And
1: this is such. Well, a the music good thing. we
2: came in with was uh, her sort of theme music from WandaVision, which put her into a different stratosphere. Like she just was so fantastic on that Disney Plus show this last year, got so much acclaim. And I love when somebody gets what they've earned
1: that's what I'm feeling do you know what I'm i mean she's it. earned it earned it she's played <laughs> so many different Joan roles Joan
2: Rivers iconic oh, that's a good one you
1: know though uh, there was a comment underneath this yeah when she was the rabbi in Transparent she was showed such a serious side of herself as well mm-hmm. she's just wonderful uh, but there was comments and somebody wrote since Hacks is a thinly veiled depiction of Rivers and deals with more or less the same kind of career crisis she had in the 80s this seems a bit redundant do you agree
2: The career, wait, career crisis. Say that again for me. I'm trying to understand that. A
1: comment that was made below this article said. Since Hacks, the television show, is a thinly veiled depiction of Joan Rivers and deals with more or less the same kind of career crisis Joan Rivers had in the 80s, this seems a bit redundant. Do we already sort of have a show like The Comeback Girl
2: through I I don't think so. Because, I mean, you could say that that Hacks is then just a remake of The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow. I mean, that comeback story is as old as time. People love that. Totally. And also...
1: Listen, I've written the show 17 times my comeback. It's called Starred for Life. You can see it on YouTube.
2: Also. So I think sort of something inspired by a famous person or a character is very different than something based on the life yeah, of Yeah, I agree. I wanna see Joan Rivers.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because you
2: can you can you don't have to pull any punches then You can be like, this is actually what happened, and this is fascinating, because I guarantee you, her real life is more fascinating than anything you could ever make up.
1: A thousand percent. All right, well, coming up, Willie Garson left a legacy for the community, but should it matter that he wasn't a part of it? We'll discuss next.
2: Coming up here in about 15 minutes, as I hit my mic, Michaela, I did it. Did you hear me? Yes, I I did, I never, ever hit my mic. I did it today. Do you feel loved? I know. I do you feel do. seen and appreciated. I
1: sure do, honey. It just happens. You know the thing about mistakes is that they just happen, and sometimes you just have to go with it and let it be what it is. And your producer can have a meltdown, or you can just make listen. Hey. like a drummer,
2: ASMR is a thing. You know, there's Wait. people right now in their car just driving you, into walls because of you people I enjoy not, that sound. They hate that they're sound. They're
1: absolutely not, honey. Here's what you got to understand, Justin. Bernal. People love
2: us. We're icons. We've
1: been on the air. For two years doing this shticky dicky and
2: us together, Justin. Us no we don't talk about the previous what host.
1: You anticipate. <laughs> they know I'm gonna hit the mic and then I'm gonna make a drum solo out of it. And if they don't, they have not been listening long enough and they have not spent enough time spent listening. Which is what we're trying to build. Listen,
2: you can laugh with us, you can laugh against us, you can laugh at us. We don't care as Just long as laugh. you're laughing. Yeah. If you're not into laughter, go over to KNX or something. Yeah. Come on.
0: Come on. Who we are? People are wondering what the heck KNX Five, is. Five, six, no, seven, eight.
2: eight. <laughs> Don't drive into a wall, though. Don't do that. It's not.
1: Why would you drive into a wall <laughs> from a drum
2: solo? <laughs> All right, coming up about 12 minutes from right now. You know, with the passing of uh, Willie Garson, uh, iconic character from Sex and the City and the reboot, um, we're left questioning. How we feel about straight actors playing gay characters. To many, myself included, had no idea that Stanford Blatch... No idea. Willie Garson... No idea. ...was actually straight mm-hmm. and played such, such a gay character. Yes. Would that fly today? If it weren't a reboot, could he have originated that role today? And would we feel differently about it? Uh-huh. We're having that discussion in about 12 minutes from right now. It's It's a very hot button issue these days when it comes to straight actors playing queer roles and we're digging into it up next right now lotus time for news on the beat here's a drum roll Michaela.
1: oh thank you I so much i have a button much. for that
2: i oh, no, no, it's no, more fun if i just wait, tap on. the mic justin yes. that's not funny get in on the shtick take an improv class
1: no justin okay
2: wow what do you got?
1: Here we go. Brian Brown, one of the most vicious anti-LGBTQ activists around and head of both the National Organization for Marriage and the International Organization for the Family, is praising Senator Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. Both groups have been designated as anti-LGBTQ hate groups by domestic extremist monitors. Brown praises the two Democrats for their help-killing-LGBTQ rights legislation pending before the Senate and uses cinema to fundraise for their hateful initiatives. Sinema, a white-out bisexual woman in Manchin... A white and straight and notoriously vain conservative have held up President Joe Biden's domestic agenda for months by refusing to kill the filibuster, a procedural maneuver historically used to prevent the passage of civil rights legislation. It is a relic of Jim Crow and is currently being used to stop voting reform, raising the minimum wage and landmark LGBTQ civil rights legisla- legislation like the Equality Act, which protect LGBTQ people from discrimination in federal law. Uh, when LGBTQ activists and donors pointedly issued an ultimatum demanding Cinema get on board or lose support from the community, the senator published an op-ed in the Washington Post defending her decision to scuttle bills that tackled issues she campaigned on. By refusing to remove the filibuster, Cinema has essentially doomed what she claims are her own priorities. All right, let's get into a little web, shall we? It's going to be hot. Give us the vibe of the day. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just
0: kidding. It's going to
1: be a high of 84 in LA, 97 in Vegas, 102 in Palm Springs, 82 in Houston, 72 in San Francisco, 70 in Buffalo, 97 in Sacramento. A high of 102 in Cathedral City and 102 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe.
2: I love slash hate you so much. Go on. Buffalo. Buffalo? Buffalo, New York. Do you
1: want to know what you was in Buffalo? Well, I told you. You sure did. Now go on for the vibe of the day.
2: Here's your vibe. You have to trust what you do and then do it. Sounds simple. Put it into practice. Yes. Get out there and live your life.
1: Trust yourself, honey. You only got one life. Just do it already. Whoa, that was inspirational. Coming up, Willie Garson left a legacy for the community, but should it matter that he wasn't a part of it? Uh, We're going to discuss next.
0: To confess something, and I'm asking you not to judge me.
1: Who am I to judge anyone? I had bangs in the 80s.
0: Okay. I have cybersex on the internet.
1: And this would be the non-judgment part?
0: My name is Rick Nine Plus.
1: No, you didn't.
0: Rick Nine Plus, how sad is that?
1: Actually, I think it shows a great deal of restraint. It could have been Rick Eleven.
2: This is so sad. This is really interesting. We're talking about Willie Garson, who played played Stanford Blatch on Sex and the City, uh, and then also the reboot, which is still filming now for HBO Max, and just like that. Uh, such an iconic role. Uh, a gay character really sort of changed the way uh, we looked at the gay best friend on television, right? He was sassy in moments, but he was sweet. And he was tender. And he wasn't the Mario Cantone, right? Or the Jack McFarlane. Yes. The mean, sharp-tongued, witty, gay sidekick. He wasn't Mm -hmm. that.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: He had those moments, but there was also more depth to to him and more breadth to him. Yes. Interesting, though, that uh, Willie Garson, very much a straight man. And I never knew that. And apparently... Uh, he made the choice to sort of just not really be very public with his private life, largely in part to the fact that he was playing such an iconic role on Sex and the City, which was a massive show at the time, right? Uh, and still has fans around the world, millions of fans, myself included. Um, so it's interesting, and it brings up this conversation. Where where do we draw the line? When did it switch Because we've been talking a lot about certain actors are saying, like Billy Porter said recently, um, I will never play a straight character again for as long as I live. Yeah. I will only play queer roles. Uh Uh-huh. And some say only queer actors should play queer roles. And then we have talked at length on this show about, you know, okay, if we're saying that, are we also then okay with only straight actors playing straight roles and that's where it gets a little bit dicey.
1: Well, here I have a lot of a lot of opinions, as I usually do. This is what twenty years ago. Like it wasn't the same, like it is today. Today we're saying we need that queer representation. Sure. 20 years ago, we weren't having those conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think that he did a, an amazing job well, th- depicting a Yeah,
2: now. I think we were saying we needed the representation of queer characters, but, we didn't but not say they needed played by queer actors. Right. Yes. And actually,
1: the conversation 20 years ago probably would have been, well, that's the art of acting. Yep. You're playing something well, that you're not.
2: And also, on the heels of the 10th anniversary of the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, uh-huh. you kind of took what you could get at the time. Right. And at the time... At least having some queer representation, even if it was played by a straight actor on a screen, was
1: sort of a
2: huge step forward, right? And which is kind of how we accepted Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Well, at least they can stay in the military as long as they stay quiet. Another iconic character comes to mind the Devil Wears Prada. Remember Stanley Tucci?
1: Yeah. Take a listen.
0: Yeah. She's on her way. Tell everyone. Not supposed to be here until nine. Her driver just text messaged and her facial is ruptured a disc. God, these people. Yeah. That I can't even talk about. Alright, everyone.
2: Gird your loins. Gird your loins. Gird your
1: loins! Listen, I think it's very funny. I also think this, um, and this may come off as sounding privileged, and uh, and I can and I can take that. I think what we're seeing now, too, is that we are so. Set on giving diverse and queer representation and making sure that people that never had a voice are able to uh, be in film and television and they should. We're watching people who still also want to audition for roles and do things, not get them simply because they don't have enough tattoos. Like, it feels like it's almost gone to an extreme now. Do you know right. what I'm saying?
2: Well, I think we're, we're finding what we're comfortable with, uh, like the sort of leveling off. Um, and in, in Stanford Blatch's case, you know... Just being on a show that debuted in 1998, by the way. God, was that it? sweet and subtle and openly gay. Season 2, episode 12 was sort of an iconic moment for his character. He went to an underwear-only cruise bar to meet a guy. Now, if you're not from the community or if you're of a certain age, that might seem kind of crazy to you. That might seem like it's unrealistic. But for those in the know, it's a pretty accurate portrayal of a gay sex venue, and in his experience, the way he portrayed that character was very sweet and very sex positive, and this is way before sex positive was really a thing. You know, Kim Cattrall and I wish she were on the reboot, and she is not. Samantha Jones is not going to be part of the new reboot, but what she did for not just women, and I think for gay men as well, with her sex positive sort of approach uh, to dating in that era still holds true today, and it's actually more common today than it was then. So mm-hmm. so his character was part of that revolution. And I don't know that I believe that queer roles should only be played by queer actors. I don't know that I'm fully on board with that. No, I've I never think, been. I think that if you're playing, um, for instance, Harvey Milk, I love Sean Penn's depiction, but I wish a queer actor would have played that role because Harvey Milk is a, r- a real person. Now, characters that are created and made up, a little more leeway there. Maybe. But I do have a hard time seeing straight actors play iconic gay leaders and thought think- mm. like provokers that have actually passed on. It's yeah, a little different for me.
1: Maybe. I feel like Hilary Swank played a real role of a uh, trans man uh, in Boys Don't Cry. Um, and I thought she depicted it perfectly, beautifully. It actually changed. Uh, it was one of the first representations that I had that I was like, oh, I'm such a lesbian. I think that the bigger thing is that we just have everybody auditioning for the role and whoever plays it best gets the role. I don't really care about your sexual identity. Yeah. I just want you to be the best for the role.
2: And, and there needs to be representation throughout then. So if we are going to take that approach, because what happens if you take that approach and only that approach, I think is you leave yourself open to nobody in front of or behind camera. Because it's not just about the lead actor there are a gajillion other actors on set and people behind the scenes need to be queer too in the writer's rooms. I think sometimes that's where I agree with you. I think a a straight character, straight actor can play a gay character, but there needs to be queer representation in the writer's room to tell that story. And that's probably why you related to Hilary Swank's portrayal because so it was so you, authentically written. I would written. bet you they actually had trans representation somewhere on that film.
1: Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I feel like representation is important all across the board. But I do think that it's limiting when you're like, only a gay person can play a gay role. Because it's... That i will
2: come back and bite us. I'm, that, I am that That so. worries me.
1: Yeah, it does to me too. All right, well, we're going to continue having great conversations. Uh, one in particular is, could your phone tip you off to being tracked we're watching more and more women finding different devices that they are being followed and we want to discuss if your phone could be doing that as well next
0: uh it's super super scary because this is stuff that like you see on tiktok and i never thought that it would happen to me but it did
2: speaking of tiktok we did a story just yesterday where a woman was saying look and this went viral she said look victoria's secret bras have uh have a tracker in them, and she cut it out and said they're tracking us for sex slavery and child or sex trafficking and things like that. And I want to be super super crystal clear. That is a real major issue, not just here in the United States, but globally. Very real, very serious in, like issue. However, technology that's in a tag to track theft and merchandise and inventory is very different than what we're about to tell you about right now, which is very serious. Um, this woman. Uh, also now going viral, uh, realized that she was being tracked. Her car was actually being tracked uh, by something that I literally bought just yesterday. Take a listen.
0: Look what I just found on my car, tucked in, tucked in right here, like all the way in the f- back. I think this is where we, st- like, it's literally every stop, every f- stop, yo. I started. I do not even own one of these.
2: Okay, this so this is crazy. It's an AirTag. Apple, right? Uh huh. Apple AirTag, you can get them now. People use them. They get there's a keychain. I literally bought four of them yesterday. I had them engraved for my partner and I, so we never lose our keys again. And you could put it in your bag, your gym bag, your backpack, something that you want to always know where it is. So then you can just track it from your phone. Super easy, super simple, right? Seems like great technology on the surface, and it is if used properly. But as with everything, there's a downside as well, because she found this tucked behind her license plate. That's wild. As a woman, Michaela, because I'm not really, I'm six foot five, I'm a grown man, I can handle myself. Not that that doesn't mean I couldn't get myself into some trouble. But as a woman who's five foot two, does this concern you at all?
1: Listen, I just went on a rant yesterday on my Instagram story.
2: I read it. Did you read it? So good, yes.
1: Because yet again, another woman was killed at the hands of a man Uh, domestic abuse. She was so smart. She was so beautiful. And look, I have to say this. I'm not a man hater. I don't date women because I'm appalled by men. I love men, good men. And I know really, really great men and I applaud them. But I am begging them to start standing up even in a bigger way for women because you'll never understand the fear of me waking up in the morning It's still being dark outside and just walking from my driveway to my car and being on edge at Mm -hmm. all times. I'm scared. I'm scared in the dark. I'm scared walking my dogs. I'm scared since the whole pandemic happened because... People have gotten even crazier. I was getting gas the other day and this guy came up to me very aggressively and I just have to be on the lookout. Whether you're a 5'2 woman, which I am, or 5'9 like Lisa, you're you're still, unfortunately, not strong enough to overpower a man if he chooses to get physical with you Mm -hmm. and- Unfortunately, sexual abuse is a real thing. Statistically, it's shown that one in three women, one out of two women, will be sexually harassed in some way. I don't know if I've ever met a woman who's not been. Uh, sexually I don't know harassed. one. I'm
2: sure they all have. Yeah, I, I, I
1: don't know one that I actually. And we just
2: sort of like accepted as society, yeah. or we have and historically. It's, like, no, okay. it's not okay.
1: And then now this, you're tracking
0: women. And... Well, she
2: explains further what what actually happened
0: pretty much the story time is that i was hanging out with my cousin's girlfriend she was the only one that was riding with me in my car and next thing you know she ends up getting a notification to her phone which is this one right here this is how we literally found out because it told us like you see it literally says first scene at 7:34, so that's pretty much when they first put it on my car and then it says play sound which is what i did and then this is what i heard this is what i heard and this is how we were able to like detect where it was at in my car
2: Well, that's the sound you would hear if you're tracking an Apple AirTag because you lost your keys or you lost your bag. It's also the sound that you hear when you realize you're being tagged literally by presumably a man probably who's trying to follow her.
1: But also, and who knows what the
2: plans were. That's, that's terrifying. It's
1: terrifying to know that they were smart enough to place it behind the license plate on her car. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I would never look there. I would Why would never. you?
2: Who's ever looked but, behind their license plate? Like, really?
1: But what's making me scared is that also, if the cousin wasn't in the car and they didn't hear the AirTag warning? Like, is this, because I don't have an AirTag, is this a regular thing that your phone will immediately, like, would my iPhone just tell me, or would I, maybe not?
0: So it would. Um, I actually have a bunch of AirTags right now. I have one on my keys, I have one in my wallet. My wife has a couple as well. What happens is, ours are tracked to our own separate Apple IDs, so, like, if we're on a drive on Saturday, it'll show me that, you know, this AirTag is with you, and I can actually go through the steps to disable it. If if it's not one that you recognize, and there's also a number associated with it, so there are ways that how people
2: thin are they? Can you show me? Because I ordered some yesterday, and I have no idea I mean, what to expect.
0: They're like the size of like a. They're thin enough they they to go in like,
2: a wallet, though, and not make it too bulky.
0: It's a little bulky. They look a yeah. like so little That's Because I lose my wallet all the time. You, well, uh, yeah. I mean,
1: look, I will just say that I, you know, men probably get scared, but women get really scared, and I can't say it enough. If you are a man. It's you know even a Brian our our program director uh, really was wonderful this week in regards to just like the workplace and me being a woman and I appreciated that, but I think that if you're a man and you can have the opportunity to step up, you always stand up for me, which I appreciate. But you got to start like helping us and protecting us and like not normalizing that like oh well would they get raped up, They're listen, scared to walk to their car.
2: Listen, I was raised by all women, my grandma, my mom, my sisters. Yeah. I was raised by strong women. I would do anything for women. I probably, I'm very much a cis cis gay man, but I probably identify more with women and feminine characteristics in some ways uh, than most. And so I get it as much as I can get it. And this is insane. And so,
1: ladies, please be careful. Yes.
2: And men, do better. Support women.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, coming up. Oh my God. This feels like a lifetime ago. Tiger King. Remember that show? Well, Tiger King 2 is coming back to Netflix, and we've got all the details next.
2: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin' our Last of the Day, actually. But if you missed the other ones, you can listen to them by downloading the Odyssey app at audacy.com and listening to The Morning Beat as a podcast anywhere you take your mobile device. Please go do that after Michaela tells you What's Poppin'.
1: All right, baby, well, get ready, all you cool cats and kittens. Netflix has announced Tiger King 2 is coming to Netflix. Wait, what? I know. It's very, very exciting. Directors Eric Good and Rebecca Chaitlin told the story of Joe Exotic, or Joseph Maldonado, Passage, who kept tigers, lions, and other big cats in Oklahoma. Uh, the docuseries, as we know, explored a murder-for-hire plot against Carol Baskin, a woman who ran a facility called Big Cat Rescue. Uh, Now Baskin has been able to finance her battle through the fortune she inherited from her late husband who disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Uh, But then she went on to do Dancing with the Stars, which sort of opened up this very extreme... How, how would you say like people were like she's so guilty so she kind of went back into hiding and then she hit social media again. She's been all over the place. listen um, I, I'm gonna
2: tell you so you know I host a podcast literally called Confess your Mess. Yes. You were on the, the pilot episode of it you're fantastic. We have a new episode out today with our uh, friend actress comedian Cornelia Stradwick she's hilarious and our production company part of their like sort of like dream guest list, is carol baskins i love it they're working on it they want her on the show and they want her to come on and confess i'm like you guys this is such a pipe dream she's not going to confess anything to us that would never happen there's no way but also equally she could she's wild she she loves the spotlight so much she might just reveal
1: she loves the spotlight we should try try to call her i don't want to i
2: know i want her on my podcast justin
1: yeah i'm
0: saying call joe from prison
2: and also on this show Joe Tiger came from prison. That'd well, you be a know, good one. he's
1: going through a divorce. Yes. His man left him, honey. Dylan and then- left. He was all gung-ho that Trump was going to let him out before Trump got out of office. He had,
2: a, he had a limousine waiting outside the prison that day, remember? Yeah, he had Thought a he was get pardoned.
1: truck that had Donald Trump and Joe Exotic free me. And it did not work out in Joe's favor. Well, listen, favor. the way
2: things are going with Mike Pence, if Donald Trump runs again in 2024 and Joe Exotic gets out by then, I mean, what a duo.
1: I mean, Talk what a
2: reality ju- TV duo made in heaven. I
1: mean, come on. All right, well, coming up at our final hour, can you be stereotyped? buy a haircut one woman is crying after paying 300 and walking out of the salon, the salon looking like a Karen I one time walked out looking like a mushroom so I understand her pain and we'll discuss next
2: welcome back to the morning beat in our final hour before I hit the road and head down to Disneyland in Anaheim California I haven't been there in years it's my first trip since the pandemic Uh, My friend is coming down from Northern California, she bought our tickets, she's so kind, Uh, she has uh, we have our masks ready. She has rapid test ready for us to meet us at the Amen. gate before we go in. We're going to be as responsible as we can be, but try to have some fun because we've all been working really hard for way too long. So uh, thank you for that intro music, Justin. I can't wait to go down to Disneyland. Justin's also got me set up on my Disneyland app so I know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, coming up this hour, uh, speaking of how to do it or how not to do it, how not to get a haircut, and also how not to react to it, one woman has gone viral for it complete meltdown uh that on one hand i understand because she spent an ungodly amount of money on this haircut um but i also don't know if i completely buy it people are calling here the latest karen we have the audio you have to hear it to believe it it's coming up in about 13 minutes from right now so make sure you stick around for that and then we're going to wrap things up with tell me something good as we always do we have a couple inspirational stories for you that are really going to warm your hearts so you can have a wonderful day just as i will as i celebrate my life my love at Disneyland. Can't wait to take my fiance. It's only a second time ever. He's I only love ever it. been once.
1: I love it. And we
2: documented it on YouTube. If you want to go watch it, look it up online. Um, right now, Loto, this time for news on the beat. A couple Democratic senators. Uh with some odd bedfellows. Michaela, what do we know?
1: Well, Democrats are nervous about expected Republican pushback in the Senate over the debt ceiling instead of facing up to GOP resistance. Leading up to the mid-October deadline, some Dems are considering lengthy, laborious legislative methods to pass a measure to raise or suspend the debt ceiling without Republican help. If the U.S. were to default, the government would have to limit its spending, and that would spell real consequences. For millions of Americans social security payments and the next monthly child tax credits could be delayed and food stamp recipients could be left waiting for funds a default also could set off a recession that would wipe out millions of jobs and erase about 15 trillion dollars in household wealth a report from a financial services company words okay I had to have a grown-up conversation with my partner yesterday because we're looking into buying a condo we're like doing grown-up stuff so she can you turn this down a little bit then the news music Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So she, we were talking about debt, whatever. And I just, I wanna, I <laughs> debt, wanna, whatever. debt, whatever. I just wanna understand, like, who made this rule of money? Like, just print out more money. Why isn't it
2: that oh, simple? Oh gosh, you don't understand inflation.
1: I uh, know I don't. You can't
2: you just can't. You can't just print more money. It has to be backed. It's very, very complicated. It's something we're never going to explain to you here. You know what we should do. We should call Ryan Vickery next week and have a couple. We had a couple mean, conversations we needed to have. I
1: would love to because I, although like you guys are very realistic and like logical to me, it does not make sense to me. Like backed by what? Like who made these rules? Like who woke up and was like, this has to be the rule. Just print more money. Like What's
2: well, interesting to me that you're okay dropping money on certain things like hair, nails, things like that. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense to you. We always so find that sense. budget. But when it comes time for like adult purchases, you're like, I don't like it trash the whole system start over
1: no 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 I make big purchases I make purchases in my health we're making purchases on a home it's very important to me but I in general just don't understand like I, I don't like when people make rules and they're like, and that's how it is. Like I don't understand money and how. Well, that's
2: Bitcoin made the and, and, and Dogecoin and some of those cryptocurrencies. They're trying to change the game. Uh, again, it's a different system that benefits. Yeah, certain I guess people, it's just
1: like it's so interesting. When people Like we're fifteen trillion dollars in debt. Well, why? And why can't we fix that? Like just do it. Why don't you
2: just like get on the computer and type zero 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 zero, and you're not in debt anymore? Yeah, I hear you. Do you
1: know what I'm saying? <laughs> not
2: really how it works, but I, I, get, I give you are saying. I understand, but it makes
1: sense. Yeah. To me. like I'm like okay. Well, but could who go
2: back weird, we could go back rules. to like trading furs for you know squirrel meat yeah
1: but like who made these rules it's just so it, listen it was on our minds yesterday and lisa then when lisa hypes me up i feel like i'm iconic so it just We'll talk to, to Ryan. You're about
2: going to take it. down the system, aren't you? Yeah, yeah.
1: Got it. Okay. Uh, in other news, Brian Brown, one of the most vicious anti LGBTQ activists around and head of both the National Organization for Marriage and the International Organization for the Family, is praising Senator Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Both groups have been designated as anti LGBTQ hate groups by domestic extremist monitors. Brown praises the two Democrats for their help killing LGBTQ rights legislation pending before the Senate and uses cinema to fundraise for their hateful initiatives. LGBTQ people are not happy with Kirsten she's done nothing for our community and we are not pleased now let's get into a little bit of weather it's going to be 102 in la quinta 102 in cathedral city 72 in st louis a high of 61 in cleveland a high of 66 in seattle 84 in miami 102 in palm springs 97 in vegas now give us a vibe of the day
2: you have to trust what you do and then do it Just do
1: it. Just do it. Okay, nice. Just print more money. Okay, coming up. Can you be stereotyped by a haircut? One woman's going viral after dubbing herself a Karen. We're talking about it next.
2: All right, so we've all been there before. You go to the hairstylist. uh, You tell them your dream cut, right? And then... They turn you around in the chair, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you just want to curl up and crawl under a rock and die. I've been to so many stylists over the years, so many barbers that just devastated me. And... To be fair, I grew up going to George and Denny's barber shop, and my mom would give me a pineapple cut every single time. Shave your entire head and leave a little bit of bangs, about an inch of bangs. (laughs) It was the weirdest, (laughs) weirdest haircut. Um, And to this day, I do not forgive my mom for that.
1: Yeah, I hear that. But when
2: I got older, it took me years, especially when I moved to L.A. One, haircuts are expensive, right? Two, um, not everybody is created equally when it comes to hairstylists and barbers. So I went to many... And I've I've only gone to about two or three in my entire life more than once. Uh Uh-huh. I've been going to the same guy now for a decade. Okay. I love him. He was out of town recently. I had to go to another friend as a backup to get ready for uh, Hulu for the Emmys, right? It turned out okay, thank God, for me. Not so much for this woman who spent $300 on a haircut and then immediately... Burst into tears. We have the audio because, of course, it went up on TikTok and it went viral.
0: I just paid $300 to look like a Karen. <laughs> I look like I'm on the PTA. <laughs> I swear I don't drive a minivan. <laughs> I look like I have three sons who play T-ball. Uh, I look like I collect coupons
1: oh my god listen Listen to me I have been there sis don't cry I feel so terrible for you okay last year in the pandemic this is tea honey I had black hair then I had to go blonde because I was doing Melania again Mm -hmm. so I found this like chick who was doing it sort of like legally and I was like listen queen I gotta get back to Melania can you do my hair she charged me $800 to make me look like a mushroom.
2: You were miserable for like months over She
1: this. ruined my hair. Now, first she of all. She fried your hair. She fried it up. We all remember this. Do you remember this, Justin?
0: Oh, yeah. I remember
2: it.
1: Then she decided to thin it out. And if you thin out thick, curly hair, honey, you better know what you're doing. I walked out like a mushroom. I sobbed to Lisa. I said, Lisa, I look like a, I, I look like a penis. I mean, that was really just how I felt. <laughs> no, that's
2: exactly what this woman looks like.
1: She does.
2: She actually does. She here's, looks like a
1: little penis man. Here's
2: my hot take on this. One, while I can appreciate the idea of the Karen cut... Right, because we did have the Rachel for many years. That was very popular. Yeah,
1: but this doesn't feel like a. This doesn't feel like a Karen. Kind. She
2: looks like she belongs, like in a bunker underground, like one of the mole women from Kimmy Schmidt. Like she looks like she belongs to a cult somewhere. That's what she looks like. And I think to call herself a Karen, here's what she's doing. And I'm just gonna say it right now. Say it. She's trying to go viral. Yeah. That's all this was that was scripted. I don't believe her. I don't believe her for one second. I think nowadays it's so easy to try to get stuff to go viral on TikTok. And she's like, I don't don't use coupons. Well, maybe you should. If you're dropping $300 on a haircut, sweetie, and you end up looking like this, maybe you do need to look into coupons. And also, no shame, no tea towards couponers.
1: This is not the Karen cut. The Karen cut is John and Kate plus eight.
2: Yes, yes. That the is duck the butt, Karen cut, the honey. duck butt on the back.
1: Yes, you have the long. The swoop down the front with the and really then the streaky spiky highlights. In the back
2: and the spiky in the back. Amen. I tell you. Eighty percent of the women women where I come from still have that haircut.
1: A thousand percent. And some of them just pull their own hair through the caps, mm. highlight it themselves. I was like I used
2: to get mine done like that in nineteen ninety nine. That's
1: my point. That is the Karen cut. You know what? This one's shameful. They tried
2: to cut my mom's hair like that a couple times. I said, Mom, you gotta let it grow. Let it grow. Don't do it. And let she it would always go, style it downwards it because it's just terrible. And listen, I'm sorry that your hair looks that bad, but
1: Sure you look like a penis, but you don't look like a Karen.
2: But now you're low key famous. Yeah. Cut my so, hair. So there's that. Cut my hair. I'll cut your hair. I used to, can I tell you this though? What? Speaking of pulling through a cap, one time when I was in college, this is a random tangent, my friend Jenny, she wanted to get highlights. And I said, oh, okay, that's great. I support that. She goes, well, it's really expensive. And I was like, well, how much? And she told me it was like a couple hundred bucks. And I was like, well, I can do that. She's like, really? You know how to highlight hair? I said, of course. She was like, I my hair foiled, AJ. Not pulled through a cap like you. And I'm like, oh, I know how to foil. I'm so Michaela right now. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah. So I went to her sorority house at the University of Toledo. And I got blonde and red. Oh, she had God. brown hair. Oh, God. gonna bleach, And I was going oh, to oh, put red over top of it. I foiled her hair. Mm-hmm. I pulled chunks of her bleached hair into long antenna-like strands. Yeah. With my gloves on. Put red dye all over them and wrapped them like tubes, antenna tubes. What happened? She looked like Medusa. And then it was done. And low key it wasn't that bad. I
1: was gonna say that doesn't sound like I didn't
2: didn't do like a little weave situation like a normal foil would be. My mom worked
1: at Supercuts and you can tell me anything, honey. I tried to cut Lisa's hair in the pandemic, I said I know what I'm doing. And then what happened? A bald spot later, she was not.
2: And I came over and I cut it a second time to save her. Yeah. So there's that. I'm a wonder gay.
1: You are a wonder gay. Hmm. Let's go to supercuts.
0: Tell me something good.
2: Let's do it, Michaela. Let's let our listeners enjoy the rest of their day. Positivity in their hearts and minds. We're gonna head across the pond for this one, Jolly Old London. London. I don't know why we're not playing Spice Girls I know. right now, but I don't know
1: what, what, here we Justin. are. Never Gosh,
2: London calling! Come on. Never l- London no, calling. No, Justin,
1: it's a gay radio Nobody station. Knows this, knows we this is, queer Justin. We are people who love Spice Girls.
2: All right, here we go. Anyways, uh, several new LGBTQ-themed uh, train stations are being unveiled across London's vast network of underground stations to celebrate the city's queer community. I live for this. Uh, The TFL, Transport for London, said Londoners will be able to see these 10 new pride roundels, I believe they call them, um, aka the giant London underground logos seen on the platforms uh, that you see at the stations, uh, beginning on uh, actually Yesterday it just started yesterday. Uh, the colorful signs were designed by the TfL staff and prominent figures in the capital city's community. Notable names include broadcaster and historian Tim Dunn, activist Mark Thompson, London's night Czar Amy Lame, museum curator Dan Vo, and designer Philip Normal. I want to say Normal. Why why not? Oh uh, this is really fantastic. I know here in West Hollywood they did this a few years ago where they started painting the crosswalks rainbow. Um, and then they did the uh, um, the the painting down Robertson Boulevard.
1: Yes. During the height
2: of BLM and Pride Month. I thought that was really fantastic. And Lady Gaga was there for yes. that. Yes. I love when cities get behind their queer communities. I so. do. Too.
1: I think it's so nice. Yeah. So. so important.
2: Well done, London. I need to go visit now.
1: Well done, London. All right. I have a great story for you. You do? This is. I'm actually doing it tomorrow. Okay. A 13-year-old dog is now ready For his next stage in life. Uh Uh-oh. Now that he's had his bark mitzvah.
2: Okay, wait, wait, hold on. A 13-year-old dog is how old in dog year or human years? That's old.
1: It He's 13 years old in human years.
2: Okay, so that's an old dog. Yeah,
1: he's an old guy. Okay. And Ruth and Craig Ellenberg, if that's not Jewish or don't know what it is, celebrated the Milestone birthday with their beloved dog Rambo earlier this month. The birthday took place on September 5th at their home in New Jersey. He uh, wore a yarmulke. He looked iconic, uh, and they completed the full coming of age ceremony with prayers, candlelight, and bread, much like the traditional bar mitzvah that's held for boys who reach their 13 year old birthday. Take a listen.
0: Baruch Ata Adonai wait, wait. Eloheinu Melech ha-lam. Hamosi lechem bark mitzvah oh my gosh you're such
2: a big boy (laughs) not a bark mitzvah yeah they're currently
1: empty nesters who dote on their pampered pup while their five kids are pursuing their dreams
2: obviously empty nesters yeah
1: obviously maybe not i'm having a bark mitzvah for okay
2: so here's the thing if your dog is 13 it's roughly 90 years in human life that's an old dog right or no, at least he's 80.
1: 13 in human years. I
2: know, but he's like 80 to 90 in dog years. That means they missed the mark. They should have had his bark mitzvah when he was two. Well, or two did. and a half.
1: No, they shouldn't. When they yes. had their sons who turned 13, they gave them a proper listen, bark honey, mitzvah. Listen, honey, we
2: age differently. They missed out. I feel like he's converting. I feel like it's not a traditional bark mitzvah. I feel like he just converted late in life.
1: No, I, listen. He
2: must have met a young lady or man that he really enjoyed, uh, and he's converting. For, for them.
1: First of all, he has a yarmulke on, okay? He had a Torah. Like, this man, this dog deserves what he got.
2: Perhaps he met a Schnauzer. Oh. Or a Terrier.
1: I wonder if he'll be in Fiddler on the Roof this year.
2: What do you think the most Jewish. Jewish dog is? If you, you're Jewish half. What do you think the most Jewish dog is? Hmm,
1: this is such a tough question
2: for really? me. Really? i know like say
1: Schnauzer makes sense.
2: Okay, that's a good one. Because I know, like, like white Midwestern Christians, golden retrievers or labradors. Oh, God, Yes.
1: Yes. I'm going to go with, yeah, I think a schnauzer. Okay. I think Rocco looks a little, Rocco's Italian. Rocco's very Italian. He's very Italian, yeah. He looks like a Tonka truck.
2: He's your Italian half. He's short Mm -hmm.
1: for his his size.
2: He's short for everything.
1: Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. little. He's got strong muscles, though.
2: Yeah. You Uh, know that um, my dog is hanging out with your dogs today?
1: Your dog could be Jewish.
2: My dog could be Jewish.
1: Actually, I think your dog is Jewish. Eh. Well, he's
2: Kingston, though. He's Jamaican. That's...
1: Okay, I hear that. It's possible. And I'm listening to that. Okay, well, that's all we've got today for you. (laughs) (laughs) This Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by McDonald's. Any moment that can give you sweet relief is a moment to look forward to. Not for a limited time at McDonald's. Get a small McCafe pumpkin spice latte hot or ice for $2. Prices may vary. It's Friday, yeah. It's Saturday, Sunday, yeah. It's
2: almost Friday.
1: I know, but then you took me off guard by Spice Girls, which was an iconic move. It to you. We have a great show for you tomorrow and then we're going into the weekend. And I want the weekend. I really, really want the weekend. Take us out, Spice Girls.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.